mythology friends. I'm Kate. And I'm the other Jen. And we're two of the Drunk Mythology Gals. Drunk Mythology Gals. That's just, there's no spirit to it. Nope. 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 But, you know, I I do know what happened to OG this week. (gasps) Do you? I do. She got kidnapped by aliens. Oh my God, you're really going to go there. It is because it's what happens when you don't double check which Wi-Fi network you're on when you're recording. Oh shit, I can't believe you said that. I (laughs) did. Oh my God, if I could reach through the microphone right now. You can't see me, but I am reaching through the internet, unstrangling you. I am just Thunking you on the forehead. <laughs> well, so this is uh, an oblique reference that we will render not oblique to uh, actually on the day this episode uh, comes out. We're also going to be uh, doing our guest spot on the podcast, Digging Up Ancient Aliens. Yes, where we actually had a lot of technical hiccups most of it my fault because <laughs> someone like, didn't check what Wi-Fi network she was on. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, the internet was just so rough and spotty. And North Carolina summer weather—it was crystal clear. There wasn't a cloud in the sky, right? <laughs> so you couldn't blame storms or anything like that. It was a gorgeous day, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And yeah, sure enough, once we finally ended at, I, we don't even know what's going to come of the recording of what's going to survive. (laughs) Or or if he's going to be like, these chicks are crazy. Yeah. The the episode may just go into a locked vault, never to be revealed. (laughs) But it was amazing. And we're so happy that, uh, he had us on, and yes. uh, if it does come out, Frederick we will link was to, amazing. Link to it, and you know, yeah, he's uh, whether he knows it or not, a new DMG bestie. So yes, we'll be bringing him on for something here in a few months. Yeah, I hope yeah. he enjoyed his freedom. Yeah, he's he's over in Stockholm, so he's about to go on what? Do they have like a forty week summer vacation where you know yeah. all of Europe just takes forty weeks off or something. Yeah, crazy. I'll see you I'm later. Exaggerating. Like in October. <laughs> see you in October. And yeah. it's, it's like well, oh, but wait. Nope. He's out. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I was actually inspired by my rage in that episode. Surprise. Of course. And uh I decided that it was time to do a topic I've been holding back on because it kind of had to do with ancient aliens, except that it has nothing to do with fucking aliens because it's (laughs) never aliens. Okay. What's the world's first computer? Oh shit. Oh yeah. Oh, but before we get started, you got my number. Wow. You Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's it's going to be a tormenting episode. You're going to love it. Uh, so <laughs> let's get started with our offerings to Odin this week. <laughs> oh, I've this week has just been chaos. I have just been operating in. I I keep calling it. Uh, what's the 
fluid. There's the word. (laughs) Damn it. Oh my God. Vocabulary. My schedule has been so fluid. I don't know what I'm going to be doing the next 20 minutes. You know, Mm -hmm. 20 minutes from now, I I don't, everything is up in the air. (laughs) There's so many things that it's like, I'm waiting on this phone call. I'm waiting on that phone call. I'm waiting on this email. I have this Mm -hmm. person that says that they're going to call me to, you know, take care of this 15 minute project, but I don't know when. (laughs) Right. That's just been my mode. Well, I mean, really, it's been that way for probably four months or, or longer. longer. Yeah. Yeah. We were actually discussing this earlier. That, that <laughs> back to the apocalypse. <laughs> last, last fall when yeah. life for you and I both just kind of went upside down and still has not, you know, sorted itself back out. It's but, kind of like, oh, you think you're going to go back. <laughs> where you were. <laughs> yeah, but, so funny. but this week especially, everything is like, okay, we got to do this right now. All right. I wasn't done with what I was doing, but I'm dropping it and we'll try to pick it back up later and finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got, um, I'm offering up the thunderstorm that actually happened here in Southern California. What? Yeah, we had a thunderstorm at like 3.45 or 4 o'clock in the morning. What the hell? Like thunder, like it wasn't a ton of thunder and lightning, but what was there, like the span of 15 minutes, was North Carolina worthy? Wow. What the hell did you do? It shook the house. I woke up out of a dead sleep and I thought, oh my God, wait. This is this is an earthquake, right? Because the house is shaking. No, it's a thunderstorm. Who'd you piss off? I didn't do shit. But apparently it's okay to do that to me because uh, <laughs> we so rarely almost never have thunderstorms. Right? The two puppies got a little freaked and both of them jumped into bed except for Sir Yaxalot. <laughs> who got so nervy that he threw up in the bed. Fun times had by all. Fun. So I'm I'm offering up Thunderstorms and Sir Yaks a lot, a.k.a. Bandit. Wow. Okay. And so what are you drinking to? Water. (laughs) So am I. Yeah, the past two days, we've we've gone the distance. Yes. Because we recorded... This is our third day in a row of recording. And I'm just like, yep. my liver and my kidney are like, um, <laughs> excuse me, we, we need a break. <laughs> yeah, I'm like dehydrated, right? <laughs> like, oh my God. Plus, I if just if I drink through this, I'm going to fall asleep because I'm like, I've been up since 3.30 or 3.40, whatever. Right. Yeah. I, so. I think I texted you when I got home from the office and it was, for me, it was late at yeah. the time I got home from the office and mm-hmm. I was like, I just walked in the door like 20 minutes ago and I just ate food for the first time today yeah. and I'm recharging. And, you're like, yeah, and for once my nap. running behind schedule worked to was, your advantage. It, I was like, <laughs> please say you need more time. Please say you need more right? time. Right? <laughs> you're like 15 minutes longer. And I'm like, can I have 30? And you're like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
So there we are. So yeah, so we're both on water. This is going to be fun. But you know what? I'm so drained. I feel punchy anyway. Well, and this topic is, it is going to make you feel drunk by the end of it. Okay. So (laughs) it's going to be good. So let's, uh, yeah, let's get to it. Okay, so I got to scroll through the notes. (gasps) Disclaimer, do not drink and drive cars, chariots, eight-legged horses, alien graves, uh, neighbors, Wi-Fi networks, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, too many slippery schedules, thunderstorms, puking dogs from thunderstorms, (laughs) just don't. Yeah, I don't drink and drive any Just of that. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get started. A long time ago, when the world was young and there weren't any fucking aliens. <laughs> so uh, I have this thing that's kind of like an anxiety anticipation complex. So I when I ha- think I have the same. So when I have a book, that I've bought and it's in my TBR pile. And I'm like, I'm really excited for this book. I put off reading it. What? Because I want to find the moment to savor it. And it's so rare that I actually love a book that, Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't want the moment to be over. Uh, Gotcha. You know, you can read it again. I know. Okay. All right. But, uh, you know, from a more academic perspective, when I write episodes for us and I have a topic that I really, really, really want to do, I tend to put it off more because I'm mortally afraid of not doing it justice. And that is legit the case here because it does involve math. Oh, I'm here for you. Yeah, you're going to have to be. Okay. Especially at the end. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with you and I both saying, okay, this is outside our scope. Somebody else help us. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. I can get some of the concepts, but my, my brain looks at, you'll, you'll see at the end, but. I know you panic when you see numbers. I get it. (laughs) Uh, Yes. So I still love the idea of what is called the anti-kitheria, the (laughs) anti-kitheria. So I listen you to two sure? different pronunciations, and I go with Antikythera. Okay. Uh, so that, but it could also be Antikythera. I wouldn't know. I've never heard this word before. Yeah. So, but the I have known about this device for years and years and years. Like even the tattoo on my back draws mm-hmm. inspiration from it. Oh, but more than that, what I'm going to tell you today is a story that literally has everything from shipwrecks, the Romans, fuck the Romans, ancient inventions, astronomy, advanced archaeological techniques, scandal, and so much more. Oh, and ocean sponges. Oh, my God. The whole thing starts because of ocean sponges. What? This is like the little bug that went kachoo, isn't it? <laughs> oh, shit. So the first thing to remember and keep in mind for this whole entire episode is that when we learn in history of a 
discovery. It yes. usually means there has been decades, years, decades, and possibly centuries of research and experimentation that have gone before. Okay. You know, humanity has always been figuring the fuck out of things and always has been. <laughs> I'm looking at you, ancient aliens. It's never aliens. It's, never it's just aliens. a lot of hard fucking human work. Yes. So we're going to head on over to Greece, and okay. we're going to go back to the year 1900 CE. Okay. So just and 122 gonna... years ago. Oh, okay. Wait, what? This isn't... Oh. We are heading to the okay. island of Antikythera. Okay. Which is very dry, scrubby, hilly, and full of goats and not much else. Oh, is this where you were on a cliff and the goats were just like that hopping was along? That was Crete oh. where I almost okay. died. Okay. Yes. Because right, I was sorry. trying to get to a cave of Zeus. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, um, yes. <laughs> one of the many caves on Crete that's like, Zeus was born here. Sure yeah. he was. Uh -huh. <laughs> so... Yeah, but there's not, there are like a couple of guest houses, like a teeny, 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 tiny port fishing port village, and like literally that's it. Okay. And um, the island, I've included a, a screenshot of a Google map, and it's kind of uh, northwest off the far edge of the island of Crete, but okay. kind of inconveniently south of any easily reachable point on the Peloponnesian Peninsula. Right. Yeah. I see. It looks like it's just smack dab in the middle of nothing. It's like pretty much pick a direction and swim. Yep. <laughs> that That is literally it. It is. Hope you make it. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> it reminds me uh, flying Macedonia Air on the last flight out on a Sunday night in January from Crete to Athens. Oh, wow. In a little, like, propeller plane. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate those things. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, you know, there's a long history of air and ferry disasters <gasps> around yeah, the Mediterranean. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, I haven't lived long enough, but it has been good. <laughs> right? Yeah. So. Um, and this map, like, th this, I, I just want to say, this little island I had to enlarge the image to 200%. Yep. And I can just barely see the green. It, it's of it's the, a pimple speck <laughs> in the sea. Like it's it's tiny and full of goats. <laughs> um, I, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking only two goats are going to fit. You know, <laughs> it looks like never underestimate the squish power of a goat. But apparently one of the things okay. that it has in the ocean, in the waters surrounding it, are natural ocean sponges. Okay. All right. And you said there were going to be sponges, so. Yeah, it all, all starts right. with sponges because in 1900, Captain mm -hmm. Dimitrios Kontos was leading a small crew uh, in sponge harvesting. Oh. And... Like these guys would free dive down and gather sponges. And there were, you know, there were basic elementary diving 
equipment. Like it's not the sophisticated scuba and rebreathers, but they did have like air pumps and suits and stuff. But oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. we're going to get into that in a minute. Oh. But then they discovered a shipwreck at a depth of about 148 feet or 45 meters. (gasps) How cool. He returned with the Royal Hellenic Navy in 1901 to do as much salvaging as possible. Oh, this is so cool. And, you know, at this point in history, there had been a lot of experiments, you know, the whole Brooklyn Bridge thing, um, the discovery of getting decompression sickness in the bends. They had heavily rubberized fabric diving suits. Um, they had bell helmets and primitive breathers and tanks that were attached up to the boat. So you basically cool. sank, walked right. around on the fl- seabed. <laughs> okay, right. But you were attached to the boat. So right. I have a couple of pictures here. The first one is of a little tiny sponge diving boat. It's literally a bunch of guys in a boat. Yeah, it's not a big boat. It's nope, small. And, and they it, would just go out yeah. for a day or so and get them sponges. Very cool. Okay. And then the next is literally the uh, diving suit of one of the Royal Hellenic Navy divers who went down to the shipwreck off Antikythera. Very cool. And it's just like you would expect to see out of like those old black and white movies, you know, when things were, well, I guess before they had our scuba set up that we now know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's literally like a spacesuit. Yeah. For underwater. Yeah. Very cool. And then I actually found a picture of the expedition from 1901. <gasps> this so is these, so cool. Yeah. So these are all the sailors who were part of going down and, you know, Captain Demet- Captain Contos was part of it. And his crew had been part of it. So, yeah. Isn't that cool? So cool. I love it. I burned 40 minutes trying to find an actual picture of the quote-unquote wreck. But all I could find were snippets and variations of underwater lumps as far as the ship structure go. And there's there's a reason for that that I'll get into in a little bit. Okay. But... Let's sink into (laughs) a little history of the ship too soon, where it was going, (laughs) what it was carrying, and what has been done in terms of, if you're ready for a new term, marine archaeology. Oh, okay. See, that sounds cool. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm on. You got me. I'm on board. So based on recovered ceramics, wood from the ship, statues, and so much more. Like seriously, the Antikythera wreck just fucking keeps giving. (laughs) The ship itself was made from wood harvested 220 BCE, give or take 40 years either side. No way. That's from radiocarbon dating. That's wild. Yeah. So it's an now this old is if boat. you remember to our episode about Pythias the Greek. Yeah. He's like 330, 325 BCE ish. So you know, oh. we're talking about a hundred years later. Okay. 
All right. You know, at this point, the Romans are like, hey, Greece, nice country you got there. Be a shame if something happened to it. <laughs> um, you know, uh, the troops of Alexander had, you know, entrenched themselves as local royalty, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, you know, Rome was really coming into its own. Um, now, the ships uh, were made. So it was made from this wood from about 220 BCE. But that's not unusual for old wood you know, and old okay. growth trees to be used okay. to, you know, build a ship. Now, they, based on the pottery and coins found on oh. the ship, okay, the date of the shipwreck is probably closer to between 80 to 50 BCE. Oh, and for anything that, that old and random to have, like, such a small window is pretty freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. You know, That's, yeah, and and you you can argue for an even smaller window, but that just requires too much, like you know, <laughs> hedging and detail. But I have included right. a uh, a drawing of the reconstruction of the ship. It looks like a pirate ship. Yep, it's not fancy, but it's big. It's so cute. It's a cute pirate ship. I love it. It's got a two sails and two big tillers in the back and yeah. nothing fancy, but uh, it, it's Gets not the, the ship, <laughs> it's what's in it that counts. And okay. in fact, some scholars have posited that the ship was on its way to Rome full of tribute, i.e. loot, <laughs> um, or it might have been a giant shopping cart you know, on home delivery from a big spending spree by a rich Roman who had just okay. been traveling. <laughs> All right. It definitely wasn't just your regular group of fishermen or sailors and, you know, mass import-export cargo. Okay. Like, what they found was the equivalent of sinking a boat full of Louis Vuitton, Chateau Ikem, the Mona Lisa, a trunk full of Rolexes, and 24-carat-plated statues. Holy shit! Like, that's literally whoa just the tip lit of the iceberg to use another bad marine pun oh there but, we go yeah yeah still again too soon <laughs> too soon two thousand years too soon um now at first archaeologists thought it might have sunk several hundred years earlier more closer to the time of the uh, wood construction based on the Hellenistic style of the statues they found in the wreckage. And they found statues of Zeus, of Perseus, of horses. Like they found so wow. many fucking statues. Okay. However, it was soon discovered that like the fucking tacky Novo Riche they were, these were copies of the ah. actual statues ordered by Romans. Oh my goodness. Because no vomitorium was complete without a couple of alabaster assholes looking on. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> so uh. you know how when you like sign up for a wedding registry, there are styles of dishware and chinaware that come and go in popularity. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, nothing is new. Oh. A number of what are called red slip ceramic dishes and serving platters and bowls were found in the hold. Okay. 
And this pottery was made in the Near East and was very exclusive and sought after by the Romans. <gasps> wow. So you can actually see in this picture, and they stacked the plates basically how they were found. Interesting. Okay. So there, some of them are stacked neatly, mm -hmm. and some of them, this is driving me nuts. Some of them are <laughs> like turned the upside down. Yeah. They're upside down. Like they're, uh, oh my God, why Why do they have to be upside down? Because <laughs> to show you how they landed in that moment. But yeah, so, you know, yeah. it, it's a very rich terracotta color. It is. Yeah. And, you know, it's clearly a, a very large set of plates. Like, you know, yeah. you could, you have a service of 12 at least. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, speaking of bowls and stuff, there was also some of the most badass first century glassware found. Glass. Okay. Th that's a good question of when did glassware, when did- Oh, they've had glassware glass for centuries. First, when did that first become- I, I mean- I don't know. Like we, when did we they have first found start blowing glass? Yeah. A deep dive for another day. Yeah, a don't, deep dive don't for another Google day. It. But it, it is old. Glass okay. is a very old art. Okay, cool. So, yeah, if you scroll down, you'll look at yes. glassware that, hell, I would have this in my house. These are beautiful. They're colorful and artistic with I mean, some of the them designs. are embossed. Yeah, the designs on these, some of it looks like. Uh, modern yeah swirls and you know like the first one kind of looks like a gustav klimt painting <gasps> yes and yes i know who that is because i know have, i'm married it an looks artist like he, you know and, uh, yes the kiss <laughs> it, that's the painting i have in my house well yeah. not painting but you know print of the painting we don't have an actual have you been trafficking in stolen art <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that <laughs> but yeah, and then there's another that almost looks like it's peacock feathers, like the eye of peacock feathers. There's one that has oh, like yes. pale green embossed leaves on it. I mean, this stuff is yeah. gorgeous. This is stunning. I, my favorite is the, the green one. Yeah. I kind of like the either the Klimt or the one that's like clear with a little swoosh of brown on it. Mm -hmm. um, there was also furniture. Uh, where they found bits and pieces of it, like this super luxurious reclining couch that Whoa. they found bits okay. of bronze and wood. Oh, okay. And if, you know, the two pictures have, uh, you know, they've sort of had to recreate the frame of it or, okay. you know, the gotcha. body of it, but pieces of the frame of it are still definitely there. Interesting. And okay. the second picture, it almost looks like there's a little wolf head. It does look like a little wolf head. It's Fenrir. <laughs> Somebody from Norse came along and was like, I'm going to just kind of put a little injection of I, I not Greek, <laughs> not you, Roman. This was, this was earlier. Oh. this okay. we're, we're talking like, oh, I don't know, maybe... 600 700 years earlier just saying um Fine. 
fine. But, but fine. I wasn't kidding about the Chateau Ikem. Okay. Uh, because check out the wine amphora that were found in the hold of the deck. What's a wine amphora? It It's a giant uh, wine jug made out of clay. Oh. oh, okay. Oh, there's a whole bunch of jugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like I mean, buried in sand. Yeah. They Again, they recreated the scene. And this is, right. again, just a handful of what they've discovered, like, Hundreds of these wow. have been found. Okay. And apparently there's something to do with the shape of an amphora that allows it to be stacked. I'm in, not seeing it, but okay. You know, <laughs> I that's another deep dive for another day because when I read that, I was like, huh? Right. They, but there's a reason it has a pointed end. Okay. They also found jewelry, like these little earrings. <gasps> Wow. And if you look at the bottom of one of the earrings, there's a goddamn Cupid. There is. off of it. There is. That's crazy. And there's beautiful cabochon inset work. Like, you know. If I they promise can make that we will have these pictures on our website, on the not to scale yep. section of our website. I promise. Yeah, these will these pictures will go live the same time this episode goes live. Yeah, and we're, you know, we're working if you on can, improving this. <laughs> we're working on it. Yep. If we can, you know, if if they can make this level of detail with jewelry, yeah, you know, it it really doesn't boggle the mind with what I'm going to eventually show you. Oh, okay. So yeah, the majority of the rings goods, and stuff, these rings look beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Now, the majority of the goods on the ship were statues made from marble and bronze. And they're pretty amazing. Like, I okay. just included two pictures and there are like 10,000 other pictures. But no, <laughs> you know, I have only so much attention for statues. I'm with you. Yeah. So what can I just say this first picture you put of a statue? Are you going to talk about this particular uh, image that you chose? I I can. He's called the uh, philosopher of Antikythera. The the invisible man philosopher of Antikythera. Yeah. From uh, neck to knees, he's kind of missing everything. Let me tell the listeners. There's a head and there are two... I, I wouldn't call them complete arms, but most of the arm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not exactly sure how much of that left arm is there, but you can see the left hand for sure. The the angle is, it, that the picture's taken, I'm not 100% there. Um, looks like maybe a, a piece of the robe that was yeah. would have been draped over him, mm-hmm. uh, over his left arm, yep. is still intact. And then you have his feet from probably halfway between the knee and the ankle. That's all you see. Yeah, (laughs) mid-calf down. So this dude's got no body. The majority of his legs are not there. And he's encased in glass. And it's like like a magic show kind of 
thing yeah, like it's like a chris angel the, david copperfield i'm not here or like you'd see one of these optical illusions at the mm-hmm. fair at the county fair pay two dollars to come see the bodiless dude you know? yeah well and the thing is like that's what this looks like they you know they think that the trunks of these statues the torsos and legs are still down there okay and we'll we'll get to this okay. in a minute um, but yeah, I mean, with the horse, like you can see there was a lot of detail done on the horse. Yeah. The um, next picture is a horse and it's, yeah. Yeah. It, it's huge. Like, I wonder if the horse knows Fenrir. <laughs> well, you'd have, I to know. Ask, have to ask Svadalfari. <laughs> yeah. How many legs does this horse have? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's missing at it's least missing four the of them. <laughs> it's missing legs. So we have no way of knowing how many legs for sure. (laughs) So um, from the studies they've done on what they found, they, it's pretty easy to conjecture that the ship encountered a storm and was driven into the rocks off the coast of Antikythera and consigning its cargo crew and passengers, unfortunately to a terrible watery grave. Did they find skeletons? Well, uh, or am yeah. I getting ahead of you? You, you, you just touched on my next point. So, <laughs> did I mention that the Antikythera is the wreck that keeps on giving? Uh oh. Researchers found the first ever human remains in an ancient shipwreck. <gasps> wow! So we this got is bones. the first. First shipwreck to have bones in it. Yes. That's, I'm understanding what you're saying there, correct? Yes. Okay. Like we found other ancient shipwrecks, lots of ancient shipwrecks. But they never had bones. Nothing this old. These are 2,000 year old bones, basically. Oh, okay. So we've found shipwrecks. We've found shipwrecks. Bones. Yeah. And we found them prior to finding this one. Yes. But the age of these bones. Exactly. Are the oldest. Exactly. Got it. Okay. We're on the same page now. (laughs) And I believe they found some skulls as well. Okay. And as we know from the last hot drunk news that we did about the skeletons from from Pompeii, Mm -hmm. that... It's very possible there might be pockets of DNA uh, encased in these super tough patches of skull bone. Wow. Depending on what parts of the skull they found. Okay. So, so far they have identified uh, four individuals, a 25-year-old man, give or take a few years, a Mm -hmm. young woman, two individuals of unknown gender, a teenager, and an adult. Wow. There were probably more, but we haven't found their remains yet. Wow. Now, you say yet. They're still pulling stuff out of this. We're going to go back. We're going to get to that. Oh, okay. (laughs) I told you this is a humdinger of an episode. (laughs) Okay. All right. So the woman was probably a passenger. Okay. Uh, If this was your regular cargo ship, um. A lot of them made money on the side by taking on passengers. Okay. And uh, 
you know, in fact, when Captain Contos and the original divers in 1900 and 1901 went down, they reported seeing piles of decomposed bodies. What? So there must have been more than this group of passengers that we're talking about. Oh, okay. Got it. But, you know, once you start disturbing the site to do digging, yeah, you know, what, whatever this, you know, mounding of sand and other protective layers that might have, you know, slowed or prevented the decomposition were like, ha ha, later. Right. Yeah. So yep. the majority of researchers think that the ship was somewhere around 100 feet long by 30 feet wide. It definitely had a tiled roof galley for cooking. And that makes sense because the tile is all heat resistant and, you know. Okay. Less chance of catching the ship on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, there are one or two recent studies that suggest it might be quite a bit larger, but whatevs. I could not go down that rabbit hole. But they've also found a second wreck nearby. Oh. Like 800 feet off the uh off the side of this one and it dates from the same time period it suggests that they may have been traveling together and both encountered the storm that sunk the ship okay it could be that uh you know this particular point was just a bad place for ships okay right yep Yep. Um, but another theory, given that there's a young woman on the main ship, there is a theory that the main boat was carrying a princess and her dowry. <gasps> oh, which I, kind of I, seems plausible to me. I love this story and it makes me sad, sad. at the same time. On the other hand, she probably didn't know who she was marrying and it may yeah. or may not have been a better fate to go down with the ship <laughs> than to get married to some like fat 50-year-old Roman dude who sucks on his fingers and vomits after he eats. Oh my God. Anywho. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> so after the first dive in 1901, nobody went back. Wait, what? Nobody so went back until nine. 19- Contos does his little dive yep. in 1900 and 1901. Yep. And that's it. Yep. Until 1976. Holy crap. Why takes. Why? What? Two world wars, money, oh. technology. Okay. You know. Um, that is until 1976 when Jacques Cousteau. Oh, I love that him. I love him. He <laughs> tossed aside his cigarette, said, Old my cabernet, and <laughs> went down to the site, painstakingly combing through the remains for weeks. This, like, yeah. he did a weeks long, yes. you know, expedition, and he brought up thousands of pieces of things from glass game board pieces to <gasps> jars and jewelry. Oh, wow. So much more. And then after that, nobody went back. What the hell? Until 2012. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> when the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute in Massachusetts, fuck yeah, Massachusetts, <laughs> got permission to do a series of dives and studies. The place I work for, we send checks to Woods Hole. Exactly. Um, sp- MBL, um, you know, sponsoring that- all kinds awesome. of programs and research. Uh, yeah, we couldn't we send spend, them sponsor a better organization. <laughs> yeah. We send them tons of money every year. That's awesome. Yep. Um, now they have gone back several times. Like there was a 2014 or 2015 dive and then a 2017 dive. Okay. I don't think, I don't know if they've done anything super recently, but um, they have done multiple dives and studies and this part fucking infuriates me and will probably infuriate you too. They Uh literally have to rebury and hide the exact location every time they go down because of fucking looters. Oh my goodness. Fucking humanity. Oh my God. And, you know, so far, knock wood, you know, they've managed... Uh, it, it definitely prolongs like the prep work on, you know, excavation on that site and it's a hassle and it's scary, but they have literally just scratched the actual surface of what is they've done, um, sonar and metal detector scans. And there's so much more that is buried there. Wow. See, now Ravenclaw comes in and says, didn't you say in the beginning that this is only about 150 feet deep? Yes. Why can't they just like erect some sort of a cage, a fence, for lack of a better term, around this thing? And you got to have permit. You got to know the, the passcode to so, get in. It, <laughs> well, so here's Lock the your doors, people. Underwater welding is a thing. So you can cut through those, and unless oh. you have twenty-four hour security, the best way to hide it, yeah, is to let it literally be a blip on the bottom of the sea that nobody really knows the exact coordinates Fine. of. Fine. Um, and hopefully, they might even find one day the other half of the of the Antikythera mechanism. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. Remember that? We were talking about that. That's the whole point of today. I still don't know what it is. (laughs) So I'm going to date it first, and then we'll get into what it actually is. Okay. So we can date the discovery to, again, somewhere between 800 to 500 BCE, but the mechanism itself may have been manufactured as much as 200 years before, though it's likely within 100 years. Okay, you said 800 to 500, or do you mean 80, 80 to, 50. to 50? Okay. BCE. So, so same time as, zeros. you know, the discovery, you know, okay, it, it was in circulation at the time of the shipwreck, but the Got actual it. construction of it, mm-hmm. eh, dating is a little hard, but, you know, there are some oblique references that will get into things here and there that they're like, oh, okay. you know, they were talking about something like ish this okay as early as 200 years but more likely within a hundred you know from 180 bce to gotcha 
You know what I mean? Yep, so yep. the Antikythera mechanism, as it is now known, is the earliest analog computer ever found. And I'm, I'm okay. excluding the abacus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is a hand-powered orrery. Don't and know that, that is, word. <laughs> yeah. Orrery is a mechanical model of the solar system that illustrates or predicts the relative positions and motions of the planets and moons, usually according to our heliocentric model. <gasps> this is so cool. Okay. It's I an scroll. astronomical calendar and calculator, basically. I love this. Okay. So I've seen, you know, these things in. Yep. Like in the background of movies or yeah. whatever. It's and always like in a wizard's cave or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've never really paused to think, oh, what is that? It's, I just always like, oh, cool little thing and do. Thing and jig, whatever. What they, the reason you kind of need to know where the stars are in the sky is that's how you navigated, bitch. Right. Yes. Oh, this is so cool. See, now when I see these things in the movies, I'm going to be like, I know what that is. It's an I can't order. pronounce it, but I know what it is. Now, <laughs> the thing I'm showing here is it's, uh, you know, it's a much, it's like a, at least 1200 years later. Right. From the Antikythera mechanism. So it is a metonic cyclic lunisolar calendar that can predict astronomical movements and events like eclipses decades in advance. Wow. Yeah. For and the I'll time period when they created this, that is just amazing. Oh, I'm going to get into it. I mean, you obviously it. now we can yeah. sit here and Google, you know, when is the next you know, eclipse going to be. There's an app for easy. that. Yeah, there's an app. It's, you know, it's no big deal now because we have a whole lot more knowledge and we have mm -hmm. a whole lot more tools and resources and computing power. But for these guys to predict this stuff decades in advance, that is just phenomenal. Just like, wait. Holy cow. Guys so, are awesome. Based on what they found, the they've reconstructed the theory that the box that housed all the gears is approximately 13 inches by seven inches by three and a half. So it's like a, a chunky coffee book table, if you know what I mean. Okay, sure. Um, now the largest gear inside the machine is only about five inches in diameter. Okay. And when you're talking about something that's only three and a half inches thick, you know, yeah. that's a big gear, but uh, it actually turns out it is an incredibly complex machine with a metric ton of tiny, gear, tiny gears and parts <laughs> that all had to be figured out and calibrated. And so far, there are 82 fragments that have been <gasps> discovered, and only half the machine has been found. Wow. Now, the Holy bits that it... Damn. The bits that have been recovered are basically like, here are three pieces of a jigsaw puzzle, a 5,000 piece jigsaw puzzle, and you have to reconstruct the Mona Lisa from it. Oh my God. <laughs> now, if you scroll down, you will see the actual corroded 
remains of what they discovered. This looks like like one of the gears, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And it's it's pretty corroded. Yeah. Yeah. But if you zoom. But you can see what it is. And if you zoom in, you can Mm -hmm. see there are even little layers of gears. Yeah. You know, half encased in hard ocean mud cement. Yeah. This is pretty awesome. And so freaking awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And and you can see on the second photo, there's a millwork, basically, like hashing, hatching on the outer rim of one of the gears because yeah it's a calendar as well the the little notches so cool so cool so cool now i think on one of the very first hot drunk news episodes and that might have been a patreon one i talked about where researchers were able to look inside of a mummy's sarcophagus without you know disturbing the dead and unwrapping him oh right like x-ray kind of but it's like 3d imaging yeah like like ultrasound maybe i don't remember what they do now like it's not just ultrasound they'll actually do a 3d rendering right of the picture of the baby um they used a ct scan as the latest technology to get at the inside of these deeply corroded pieces now prior to that they had used x-rays and other technologies available at the time to peek inside. But it was almost unbelievable what they discovered with all the delicate, intricate mechanicals and gears and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost halfway reasonable to be like, did humans really make this or aliens? I'm kidding. It's never fucking aliens. Not aliens. (laughs) And you don't need metonic calibration to figure that out. (laughs) Now, (laughs) speaking of calibration, and this is where my my fluency with the knowledge kind of uh, hits a wall. (laughs) Okay. Uh, These are based on the cycles called the metonic cycle named for Meton of Athens who codified this 19 year lunar cycle back in the fifth century BCE. So I've you know, never heard around, of this, but this is cool sounding. So it, it, it's something that like it, it works out to about 19 years. Okay. And, um, you know, 500 BCE is, you know, around the time of Socrates. Okay. Remember we talked about him? Yep. In the uh, asshole philosopher? Yep. Yep. So they also found uh, it references to a similar cycle that coincides with the 19 years as early back as Hebrew and Babylonian lunar solar calendars. And so in the episode of Ancient Aliens that we watched, you (laughs) might have noticed that there was a reference to how Apollo would go visit the Hyperboreans, this mythical northern race, every 19 years. (gasps) Oh, shit. Suck it, Georgie boy. It's a metonic cycle. Oh, my God. 
<sighs> I want to just reach through the TV and even smack even the bad haircut off that dude <laughs> on that TV show. <laughs> but even uh, more than that, yes, <laughs> the ancient Celts thousands of years before, yeah, knew about the Metonic cycle. Okay, and I've actually seen this thing. It's called the Noth Noth Calendar Stone. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was the basis for the 19-year cycle called the Celtic Great Year. Oh. And the runic calendar is, from the Vikings, is based off this metonic cycle. Oh. (laughs) So cool. Yeah. It's not aliens. It's not aliens. (laughs) So I, I just pulled up the actual definition so I can read it. And then okay. you, you can understand why my brain was like, okay. this is from Wikipedia. Okay. Um, the metonic cycle is a period of almost exactly 19 years after which the lunar phases recur at the same time of the year. The recurrence is not perfect. And by precise observation, the metonic cycle defined as 235 sonotic months is just two hours and four minutes and 58 seconds longer than 19 tropical years. And I think by tropical, they're talking about Tropic of Cancer, top, Tropic of Capricorn, okay. like right long, uh, latitudinal um, and longitudinal. Oh, right. Those lines that you find on a globe. Right. <laughs> a tropical year is oh, okay so uh meton of athens in the fifth century bc judged the cycle to be a whole number of days 6940 using these whole numbers facilitates the construction of a lunar solar calendar a tropical year is longer than 12 lunar months and shorter than 13 of them oh. the arithmetic identity is 12 times 12 plus seven times 13 equals 235. Okay. I'm going to trust the math is right on that. I'm not going it, to It's do it on Wikipedia. I know I'm sure somebody would have edited it. But right, basically it's a combination then of 12 short years of 12 months and seven long years of 13 months, which almost equals 19 solar years. So you wow. can see why my brain was like, bah! Yes. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> I mean, I love learning yes. about the theories of how, you know, the ancients counted days and time and, you know, calculated right. things. But the, when it comes to the actual, actual calculation, I'm like, know my strengths and weaknesses. Right. <laughs> so the next couple of images are mm-hmm. computer generated uh, recreations of what they think the faces of this calendar would have looked like. Okay. This first one looks like some Scandinavian piece of artwork. Right? <laughs> it's clean lines, tiny bit of color. I love this. Well, those represent the this, planets. You would find this in Fenrir's family room <laughs> or in his hallway. <laughs> now, I do know that it's divided um, into 12 zodiac Okay. Uh, sections and you know oh, it has zoom to in do a little closer so I can read there is a little bit of writing but yeah the, there sure there are hash enough. marks and different sets of degrees 
not unlike the two sets of stone circles that we talk about in the ancient aliens episode. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and then the next picture is of the back of the mechanism. So you can see okay. it, it literally is like watch gears. Yes. You know, or those fancy watches with multiple faces. Now, recently they published an even more elaborate reconstruction and breakdown of the complexity of this device. And if you okay. scroll down to the next set of pictures, mm -hmm. this is pretty much the exploded... 3D They're showing construction the, of it. The guts. Yeah. Yeah. This is fascinating. And, you know, based on where you were, you would set the calendar a certain way so that you could calculate because, you know, the positions of stars in the sky change based on where you are and over time, blah, blah, oh, blah. Right. Yep. Yep. And then there's even, I, I did this for you. I included mm -hmm. a color-coded graph. Oh, I'm loving this. I don't understand a single thing in this graph I'm looking at, but it has lines and colors and stripes. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it has uh, letter number codes for each it thing. Does. It does. It has some sort of a key to some degree here. Mm -hmm. There's a, what do I see? A true sun pointer, a mercury pointer, Venus pointer, Mars pointer. Yeah, this is... Yeah, so each of these pointers... Yeah is operated by the different just diving gears. into this chart this yeah. graph oh yeah um, yeah and we'll we'll put the images and the links yep. and all of this because hopefully some other people know more than i do and can explain the math behind this <laughs> so much better but i just yeah. i think it's fascinating when you think of the manufacturing and the yes. metallurgy skills yeah and the engineering yeah you know, oh, and I'm sorry, we're so stupid that the aliens had to build the pyramids. Right. That's such an insult to our ancestors. Right? Bitch, it please. Is My brain so is the same as it insulting. was 5,000 years ago. It's so insulting. And the final photo I'm including is Lego. Okay. Made an Antikythera mechanism model. That is so cool. Lego did it. <laughs> Lego is badass. I love Lego. I'm right. Yeah, I so do. So I'm just saying if Lego can do it, so could the ancients. We're going to a Lego convention like like in about three weeks. Okay, Two. you know what? Yeah. We're gonna talk about this in a second. So the okay. fucking end back after this with okay. questions and shit. All right. We now return to the Trunk Mythology Gals for part two. Questions and shit. So you, you mentioned a Lego convention? Yeah. Yeah. There's like Lego. Okay. It's called Brick Universe, I think is what they call it. Huh. Um, and you have professional Lego builders that come and they tour with this thing that this Brick Universe that goes to different cities mm -hmm. and they bring their latest constructions and show them off and it's amazing some of the things that these people build out of legos and they get paid to do this so this is i how actually they make know somebody living. who does that okay and i actually know somebody who uh is a contractor for lego and 
designs and builds these incredible models. Okay. And then you have also people who are selling stuff Mm -hmm. to do, to like do your own Lego kits at home and bling it out with these things and whatever. It's, it's just so cool. Yeah. It's not, um, it's okay here. I just pulled up the website. It's a Lego fan festival. So who's the big Lego fan in the house? We all are. Oh, good. Okay. No, I was just curious. Like if there was one of you who dragged the others. (laughs) No, we all do. Um, This will only be our second time going to one of these. Mm -hmm. Um, We went to one back in, I feel like it was September. It might have been October. It was back in the fall. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, oh my gosh, we should have been coming to these for years. This is so cool. I bet it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, I mean, and that's the thing, like, if you look at all the things that we've been able to create that we can develop, you know, it just doesn't make sense that, I don't know, until the Knights of the Round Table, people were like, bye, let's stack some rocks. <laughs> you know, it's it's just not, you know. Yeah. I, I think it it's far more likely that, you know, for hundreds, if not thousands of years, people on those long, cold, ancient nights where there was <laughs> shit to do, they either reproduced or stared at the stars. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, because, yep. uh, you know, keeping light at night burned fuel that you had to go and freaking harvest. You know, you had to harvest the peat or the coal or the wood. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, oil and wax for candles. That was like, you got to have the big bucks for that shit. Ah, okay. So, you know, you rose with the sun and you went to bed with the sun, basically. (laughs) Um, So, you know, there are all kinds of websites that uh, explain, you know, how this mechanism works. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there there is some question, only because we haven't discovered yet, like, they would have needed certain types of moderately more advanced metalworking tools okay. to create some of the hollows and cylinders for gotcha. these little teeny tiny gears. Right. On the other hand, I look at the jewelry that they made and I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Not, yeah, the, it's to say that they could do intricate stuff under this, you know, arts and crafts category, but that they couldn't possibly have done intricate stuff in an engineering category. Right. It's just like you're just oh, that make yeah puts me into a Kate like rage. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, so you know. Um, I I also just want to point out one other little tidbit that okay. uh, pollen, ancient Polynesian astronomers also discovered a metonic cycle. 
Wow. Just saying. (laughs) But you know what? That's probably because the lobes and regions of our brains that we developed over hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years as humanity rose up from the giant bushy bush of human ancestry, (laughs) because it's not a straight line. Forget that whole monkey evolution thing, because (laughs) no, it's, it's, you know. The human tree is kind of like a bramble bush. (laughs) And, you know, if you trace everything back, it goes to our drive for survival and propagation of the species. And so that's how we figured out how to make, you know, and get and acquire and keep better food and shelter and everything flows from that. Yeah. And, you know, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of math that I'm just not going to go into, but I think yeah, there might be at some point in the future <laughs> a an other gen led <laughs> lesson in ancient calendar math. Oh, I could yeah, I would I mean, love to explore that. Yeah, absolutely. It it would be a learning curve for me as well. It would be okay. Let's let me figure this out. Let me, you know, research what the heck was going on. Yeah. And and every civilization had a different quote unquote calendar. And also there were different calibrations because like I said, you know, when they're talking about in the research where this machine might've come from actually was manufactured, they looked at the calibration of you know, all the gears and degrees Mm -hmm. and things like that. It's not degrees, but, you know, it could have been from Corinth. It could have been from Rhodes. It could have been, you know, they pinpointed a couple of places where it might have come from. Right. Um, There's also a potential reference to a bronze mechanism that Archimedes made. Around 300-ish BC, just saying, you know. Remind me again who that is. Archimedes, Eureka, the Displacement. Um, of, you know, Archimedes just got in a bath, which is probably like, you know, Isaac Newton got hit by an apple. Gotcha. Okay. Eureka, the displacement. Got it. Volume equals the object volume. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that has been the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is... um. There was a lot of cool stuff in here. Very yeah. cool stuff. And holy crap, you have a lot of pictures for me to upload. The, I picked a lovely episode to say, I'm going to get back on loading. <laughs> and well, what do you do? And I have you a give lot me of like, links to put in there too. Yeah, you give me like 25 pages of notes because it's all pictures. <laughs> and I'm gonna Nothing post is bullet pointed. I just want to point that out. <laughs> I haven't done a goddamn bullet pointed episode in a in long time. Months. <laughs> months. This workplace has been bullet point free for. Oh, I can go back in the notes and tell you. Uh, yeah, not, no, that's okay. That's not going to. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but there we are. Yep. Yep. There we are. So how you feeling? Uh, you need, do you need a drink at this point? In I, the day? Defi- I definitely, <laughs> I need a drink and possibly pizza. Oh, yeah. Just because I'm like, I 
lots of things. <laughs> and the thing, you know, I, I didn't realize even myself how much had been found in that particular shipwreck. I just thought, right. oh, they found, I knew it was found in a shipwreck, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it was part of such a, like a high-end luxury cargo. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, And I'll also add in a picture of my tattoo. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's kind of similar to an orrery. (laughs) Yeah. So So what do we have on tap that we're going to aim to do next week as long as the the fluid schedule allows? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, I haven't really thought of anything yet, but <laughs> I can. If anybody has any requests, hit us up. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That'd be great. And, you know, I'm kind of really focused on uh, this week's Patreon, which I'm, well, it yeah. will have been the past Friday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Based on timing of everything. But right. yeah. I am planning an epic lit crit hour. Oh, yes. You told me about that. Yeah. And I'm like really so, scared because yeah. I don't know what's in store. I have no clue what's in store. This it's is- going to be amazing. So, yeah. Okay. All righty. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. Whatever it is next week, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yes. So in the meantime... Subscribe yourselves to our social media scrolls on Instagram at Drunk Mythology Gals. On Twitter at Drunk Myth Gals. On Facebook at Drunk Mythology Gals. Or on the web at DrunkMythologyGals.com, where I will be uploading pictures from this recording. (laughs) And that's also where you can get our merch. Um, Yes. And uh, we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash drunk mythology gals, where you get the lit crit hour, deep dives, hot drunk news, uh, and oh, the 190 proof and so much more. Yeah, it's, yeah, we just go off the script. Yeah, it's, it's fun over there. It's awesome. Um, or you can drop us an email, which we've kind of gotten a little bit better we at We learned checking. our lesson about <laughs> checking it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, so we're checking it uh, at least once a week, if not better than that. Um, Gals at DrunkMythologyGals.com. Yeah. And special thanks, as always, to Sound Effects Kim for putting the top spin on our sound. And thanks to all of you again for joining us. Please subscribe, leave a rating or review, and tell your friends and family about us, especially if they're like, hey, look at my new watch. It's fancy. It's got dials. And you're like, bitch, seen it before. (laughs) Finally, always remember, if the gods can behave badly, so can you. Thank you.